I have a super exciting news for you. My new book, Chasing Desires, is on pre-order on Amazon. And when you pre-order this book, I'm sending you some really amazing gifts worth over $500. This is not a self-help book. I'm not teaching you what you should do to make your life a certain way. This is a story of my emotions, ugly and beautiful both. This is a tale of how I fell madly in love with myself after hating me long enough for no fault of mine. So don't miss out, especially if you are a woman. Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. No matter how much we resist failure, it comes with life. In fact, any kind of success precedes and follows failure. That's the nature of law and no one can change that. And I can say with experience that we are conditioned to see failures in our everyday life. We usually get upset and stressed with even small challenges and problems. But you know what? The bigger the failure, the shiniest is the success. To discuss this important topic, I have Todd Kelly with me today. Lawyer by day, author by night, Todd is a board-certified personal injury trial lawyer in Austin, Texas, who was named to the Texas Lawyer Hall of Fame in 2013 and has been named a Texas Super Lawyer for over a decade. He has been featured on 2020 the Rachel Maddow Show, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CNN, NBC, Fox, and was highlighted in the Sundance Film Festival and HBO documentary film Hot Coffee. He tried to take his life after he lost a trial case, and he so beautiful paints that picture in his book, The Power Within. Then he found the true meaning of life. I'm super excited to start chatting with Todd and hear his story from he himself. Hi, Todd. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you, Todd. I am interviewing a lawyer for the first time on this show. So it's a great experience for me. It's going to be a great experience for me, I'm sure. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm just a person who happens to have a law degree. So there's not a lot <laughs> different about me than anybody else. <laughs> Todd, I was reading the first chapter of your book, The Power Within, and the way it opened the door to the journey you have had, and perhaps what inspired you to write this book, paints a picture of failure. So what does failure look like, according to you? you know, failure takes on many faces. You know, in my life, um, I had achieved a certain level of what appeared to be success from the outside world looking in. But when I you know, when, I, when all of it came unraveled, you know, my failures were many, um, but mostly I had failed in my faith. I had failed to follow what I believed to be the right thing to do. I had been unfaithful to my wife. I had not been a very good father. And then I had chased and put all of my energy into my law practice and into certain cases in my law practice. And when those cases were not successful in the courtroom, um, all of my failures seem to be exposed at the same time. And really, the most significant failures 
were my failure to follow my Lord and Savior. And I that's really where failure uh, hit its ultimate peak. Mm, yeah. And I think that failure is the most essential ingredient of any kind of success. And still people resist it. They fear the failure and that keeps them in their comfort zones. They don't experiment with lives. They don't take the lessons that uh, you know, that are needed uh, for them, that the universe or God is sending, uh, you know, uh, the kind of circumstances uh, to teach some lessons to us. So what would you like to say to these people uh, as as per your experience? Well, you know, the only way we get stronger is through failure. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I can I can speak to that from a worldly view, which is that without Without trying and failing, you don't learn. You know, they say, you know, that there's a saying that you either win or you learn. But then that is also true from a biblical standpoint. We are intended to fail so that we become sharper and so that we become more dependent upon, yeah. uh, upon God and upon Jesus. And, and without that failure, we actually never properly turn to him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, the cases that I lost right before my moment in the closet with a pistol in my mouth, those cases were were tremendous failures. But I have said many times that if I had won that last case, I would have lost my soul. Mm-hmm. And so failure hurts. Yeah. But I think we all have to go through it. Mm, yeah, to the extent that you have seen it, because when I was reading that chapter and uh, I read that uh, the you know the the pistol in your mouth and you were just about to take your life, it looks very scary. And um, yes, it's a it's a word where people change or people could change because we don't change until something really major happens, right? Right, that's absolutely true. Um, a lot of us are content with the status quo. We yeah. are. Very happy to just accept, you know, our daily lives as they are. And, you know, that's not what we're meant for. We're always meant for more. We're meant to dive deeper and to go farther. And, you know, the tools are there. Uh, you know, I called this book The Power Within yeah. because the tools are within us. Um, mm. This book has multiple facets. The power to save ourselves, the power to survive our failures lies within us. That power is, is I'm, I'm referring to the power of Jesus, but you know, he provides a power for so many more things than just survival. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to fail to find it. Yeah. We have to fail. And it, if it happens faster, it happens quickly, then it's good for us. <laughs> yeah. It can be less painful if it happens yeah. early. <laughs> yeah, right. So tell us about your book, Todd. What, uh, like, what was going on in your life when you wrote the, that book, and what inspired you to write such such amazing uh, experiences of yours, which is life changing, of course. Well, thank you for saying that. So, you know, I had, um, I had taken on. Well, first of all, I, I was a trial lawyer. Um, I had my own law firm, and. Um, I had achieved a level of, of success, at least from the outside world looking in. It looked like I was very successful. Um, again, I owned a law firm. I had eight lawyers who worked for me. I had some cases that had national notoriety, um, had been to Washington, D.C. to uh, present on those cases a number of times. Yeah. And 
asked as a guest speaker at a lot of different conferences and really kind of enjoyed my, you know, 15 minutes worth of fame. And, um, and I enjoyed them in ways that I knew better than to enjoy. I, you know, enjoyed the trappings of, of my profession. I, I spent a lot of money. I, um, as I mentioned, and it's in my book, I'm, I was unfaithful to my wife. I was not a good father to my children. Um, I loved them, but I wasn't really there for them. My focus was on my work. Um, my work became my life. I identified myself as I am a trial lawyer, and there was nothing more to me. There was mm-hmm. no more substance to me than just that. And when when I lost the the case that brought me so much notoriety, I really had a sense of I'm unworthy to you. Mm-hmm. And, and truly, mathematically, because of my life insurance policy, uh, after losing all that, you know, I had lost everything. They, you know, they were cutting off the electricity in my house. Mm-hmm. I was literally worth more dead to my family than I was alive. And, you know, demons are real. And demons were in my head telling me and encouraging me that the best thing I could do for everybody was to pull that trigger. Um, it would end my pain. It would satisfy so many things that my children and my then wife needed. And um, and it was the right thing and the honorable thing for me to do. Uh, you know, they say that um, that suicide is cowardice. But this was I was being told this was the heroic thing. Mm-hmm. I was being told by the demons in my head. This was how you help. This is how you make it right. And man, I almost listened to it. And, uh, so that's what was going on. And it was a it was a battle. It was a battle in my head that, that raged for about 45 minutes, which when you're in that condition is an eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's where I was. <laughs> yeah, this is the life is all about. I'm sure that your uh, your pain was uh, a bit too high, but but the people, the, the normal people, for example, the corporate people we are talking to right now, and they are uh, they are they also experience the kind of failures in their lives and the kind of deadlines, strict deadlines, and you know, and they find it just too much, and they just forget that this is just uh, you know people survive a lot more than uh, these petty things. Like even I have been there, I have seen. Uh, little uh, failures and I was I used to be so scared and okay I don't want this struggle I don't want to struggle and I don't want that frustration but then there is something really meaningful out of it and now when I look back uh, in my past life I know that it was so much worth it yeah that's a really good point you know um, and it's interesting you talk about because you know not everybody who is listening to this of course is a trial lawyer and the book addresses, you know, I started to write it because there's so many trial lawyers, very, very successful trial lawyers that you think have the world, have everything, take their lives. Yeah. So I started to write this book for trial lawyers because the message I wanted to write to trial lawyers was, hey, listen, our job's important, but it's not everything. Don't take your life over Mm -hmm. it. But as I wrote the book, I realized it had a broader application. Yeah. Yeah. It also had more than just a secular view, because when I chose to be honest about it, because initially it was a secular book. But when I chose to write it in full, blatant, open honesty, it's not a secular story. 
uh, at least not strictly a secular story. And it's not just for trial lawyers. Yeah. It has a broader application to anyone who struggles with the kind of things that you're talking about, which is failure and our ability to deal with it. Yeah, right. So this book is about inspiration and you're sharing your journey, your story. And this is going to inspire not only the trial lawyers, but also the normal people. Normal people, when I'm saying that the rest of the, the rest of the people who are not trial lawyers, right? That is my hope. Yes. It's, it's yeah. like I said, I, I, I wrote it from a trial lawyer's perspective because that's what I am. But hmm. I think it applies to all of us. Yeah, that makes sense. Imagine a healing and coaching experience in the magical Bali, Indonesia. Light yoga, healthy food, simple meditations, conscious living, inner healing, a ton of interesting activities, plus coaching sessions on creating your career success blueprint, mindset shifts, including your money mindset and peak performance. You would come back with fresh new confidence and positive power with your very own success blueprint to make a true difference at your work, impact the world around you and make much, much more money in your career. It's happening on various dates starting October this year and I would love for you to be a part of it. Visit my website www.authorhina.com to know more about this luxury retreat. You'd come back as a different person. I promise you that. Todd, uh, what do you hope to accomplish uh, by writing this book? You know, I hope that when people read this book, that they are encouraged to seek the power within themselves. His name is Jesus. And I hope that when they seek that power, when they seek him, that they find their true reason for living and that not only are their lives spared, but their souls are saved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, truly that, as I wrote this book, as I was finishing this book, my thought was if one soul, if one soul is saved, this book was worth writing. And what, uh, what three key messages that you would like to give to our audience today based on this book? Three key messages. We, I, would, I would say the most important message is that while your work is important, it's not the most important thing. You need to put your family and your faith ahead of your work. Beautiful, uh, yes. It doesn't mean ignore your work. It means keep it in perspective. Right. The second thing is to know that, that failure is coming. Hmm. That's part of life and <laughs> you have to be expectant of it. Right. And then most importantly, and this is true in my life and I've seen it in so many others, that after the failure, if you find that power, that power who is Jesus, your your greatest success hmm. comes after the failure, not before. Yeah. I've been more successful as a trial lawyer since that 45 minutes in the closet than I ever was hmm. when I thought I was a big deal before that. You know, I have, um, you mentioned the poetry, and I don't know if that was a good time, in it, but I've, I've written one of the poems that separates the chapters. Yeah, this is what I've, I was about to ask you that. I, I uh, read that ego, uh, the one which na is named as ego, and I love that. So why why did you separate the chapters with the, with the poems? Well, poetry has for me always been a, a way that I express myself. You know, on 
as the towers were coming down, the way that I dealt with it that day as I sat down at a computer and I wrote a three page long poem. Mm -hmm. And it just it's it's how I deal with emotional things. And so when I was writing the book and the book was very emotional for me because it took me back through some pretty traumatic times in my life. And so I wrote the poems. I started writing poems just to deal with some of that trauma Yeah. as I was writing. And then I realized it's a summary of what I'm talking about in the book anyway. I don't want to just use a quote or a cute little saying from some author. Why don't I just put the poems in? There? And so that's kind of how I came about it. Uh, my publisher actually wanted me to make a separate book of poems, but I thought, no, this is unique and different, and I want to do it this way. Yeah. So I don't know that it was the best marketing strategy, but it was it was how I wanted the book to read. I can't say, if, I can't comment on that. It was a marketing strategy or something, but then as a reader, I found it very refreshing. It's like, you know, it's just breaking the pattern. It's like when you are reading a chapter and then you are reading a poetry. So this is this gives you uh, a lot of you know freshness and a deeper look into the mind of the author. That's you. So I could understand a lot by just reading that one poem. And I want to say that uh, as I was reading that first chapter, it was it kept me on the edge of my seat. And I am going to read that book. And I want to recommend this book to our listeners right now who are listening to us uh, through an audio or video because this podcast is available on video too. So this is like, this is an amazing book. And I'm going to include the information uh, of the book in the show notes section. Would you like to talk a bit more about your book, Todd? Because I'm getting really curious. Just just talk a bit about it a bit more. Well, you know, one of the... um... One of the things that we had done, and I, I don't want to give the whole book away, but I'll give I'll give some parts of it away. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we had done in the in the case that was sort of the catalyst behind yeah. um, behind my incident in the closet is that we had really worked very hard to end uh, mandatory forced arbitration in cases of sexual assault, sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, the case actually involved the rape of my client, who was a military contractor in Iraq. And the lawsuit was against the contracting company who we believed had been responsible for multiple rapes of different women and allowing this kind of environment to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, in fairness, we did not win at trial. Um, there are a lot of reasons I could probably write another book on why this case was lost at trial. It doesn't change my belief even a little bit about the accuracy of our allegations. Hmm. Um, having lived with this case um, and almost dying with this case, I can tell you I believe it in, in my soul that uh, our allegations were true. In fact, the one of the big driving factors of, that put me in the closet was how much I believed the truth of this case. And the fact that I felt like a failure for not having convinced the jury of that truth. Anyway, so the reason that my client, her name is Jamie, the reason that Jamie wanted to bring the case in the first place was because she wanted to make some change. Mm -hmm. And it was 2012. I want to say it was June. uh, might have been July of 2012. 
I was actually sitting in a conference and my book had been written, but not yet released. We were still kind of going through, you know, the, the scrubbing of it. And I got a text from a good friend of mine who was very close with some folks up in Washington, D.C. who follow legislation. And the text basically said that uh, the a bipartisan uh, group of senators and congressmen had approved uh, the restriction of arbitration in sexual assault claims against military contractors. Mm -hmm. She went on to say that that was a, an effort of uh, the fight of a lot of people and a lot of hard work by a lot of people with the American Association for Justice. And then she ended it by saying, but I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the work of Todd Kelly and his very brave client, Jamie Lee Jones, who lit the spark. And I remember sitting in this conference and tears rolling down my face and people not understanding why I was crying because mm -hmm. there was nothing to be about in the conference. But what I realized is that our goal was to make a difference. Yeah. If I pulled that trigger, I would have never seen the difference we made. Correct. While we'll never be compensated for it publicly, mm -hmm. never be compensated for it. Right. We we made a difference and, and it and it mattered. And, you know, one of the really cool things about this book, and, and I say this in the book several times, people don't really understand the heart of an American trial lawyer. I got a lot of accolades that day and for, and for the next several weeks. Not one of them talked about money. Not one of them talked about fame or success or glory. All of them talked about thank you. Yeah. For taking it on. And they were, they were accolades. And that was what was important to every trial lawyer who responded to me. It wasn't about money. Mm, it yeah. was about making a positive change for humanity. And that's, that's what I think people don't recognize. There's been a lot of uh, press about trial lawyers put out there by the industry that has to pay judgments when we're successful and the bent that that, um, that, that publicity has. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, so that that was very, very inspiring. It's a big part of why I wrote the book. It's a big, you mm -hmm. know, when I started writing the book, like I said, it was secular. Yeah. Um, that was the secular bent was, hey, trial lawyers are not evil. Most of mm -hmm. us, most of us do this job because we want to serve others. Yes. And uh, we get a bad rap by the industry that has to pay when we serve them well. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know we were talking about the the poetry in the book, and if the one that sums up probably better than any other, the story and the message, it's a poem. It's it's you know on you know almost two thirds of the way through. It's called the Warrior, and if if you have a moment, if it's okay, I would love to read it because it does kind of sum up the story. Yeah, of course, I would love that. Okay. And so again, it's called The Warrior. The trust she placed in me, complete. Her life she laid down at my feet. My confidence was more than strong. I had waited for this case so long. Then came the time to show the world that I was the one to help this girl. But victories had made me weak. I did not know I'd reached my peak. We made it public for all to see. Pride snuck in, it now owned me. 
I'll win this case. And in the press, the world will see my very best. The world will see a hero, right? Perhaps there should have been some Frank. The jury fought 10 hours plus. Certainly they ruled for us. But they answered that first question, no. A feeling from deep inside did grow. It stung a bit, but wasn't done. Before it left, I was the one. The one who sat alone at home. Thoughts of worthlessness did roam. Others would not share this strife. For a while, I thought I'd take my life. What could pull me through this grief? What could bring me some relief? That Beretta sat just feet away. The pain was not all that I'd slay. Others cared, and I knew it too. But I didn't want them close, that's true. Shame had taken over my heart, and then I looked back at the start. I believed I'd built this story, that I deserved the fame, the glory. Arrogance, conceit, and pride were all that I now held inside. Let it go, just a part of a larger tale that is the art, the art of life and love and loss that like a ship on waves will toss. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it so well illustrates uh, the story that I think you are telling in the book because I have not read it completely. So I cannot say that as of now. But then um, the, the just the just that I could catch after reading a few pages, this 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 poem is actually doing full justice to what uh, the story has to be about, I'm sure. Right. Beautiful. Todd, this is about like when our mess becomes our message, right? When we uh, have seen like some, yeah. <laughs> some pain in our life and we have struggled uh, in some way and we feel that empathy, uh, you know, for our fellow people who might be in the same kind of scenarios. And that shows that that empathy that we we then create by by doing our bit. For them, it may be by writing a, a book or, or by writing a piece of poetry or or things like that. So right. this is this is a really commendable, and I, I love that sentence where you say that lawyer in the day and um, writer in, in in the night, something like that. Uh, yeah, that on your website. Yeah. <laughs> It's um you know the, the the writing could not take over. I still had to practice law as I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. right. It was such a wonderful talk with you, Todd, today. And I want to uh leave the uh audience with a one sentence that you would like to, you know, give them as per of wisdom to them. Uh, what would that be for, for the audience of ours today? Um, you know, your life is worth so much more than your career. Yeah. And it's it's not yours to take that's beautiful thank you very much uh todd all the very best for your book and i can very honestly recommend this book to the audience because this book is uh starting with such such powerful notes so just go ahead and read the book the uh link is in the show notes section uh, i have included it so please go ahead and download uh, your copy you can take the paperback version or the kindle version whatever you want so that's it thank you very much todd thanks a lot for your time today so how did you find this interview with todd kelly connect with me on linkedin and let me know that's it for this week i'll see you next week love you guys and girls stay happy and safe
Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website authorhina.com for life and career changing tools and resources. Be sure to download and read my book Secrets of the Six Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.